Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Too afraid to ask, too lazy to Google. Welcome to No Idea Yet. I'm today's host, Johnny. Uh, welcome, Freddie. Hi. Uh, welcome, Alistair. Hello. To the show. Join us on a journey to find out how little we know. First, we'll discuss a topic we may or may not think we know, and then we'll go away for a week to research it. We'll then discuss our findings and hopefully learn something along the way. So, these guys don't know the topic for this week yet, but they will as soon as I say what it is, and it is... Bees. 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 Oh, I could have seen that coming. No, have you could have seen that coming. So Johnny likes you know, bees. Like, <laughs> so do you know that, that that classic thing of when you know you say that you like one thing when you're a kid, and then like your mum or your grandparent buys you that thing incessantly for the next ten years. Uh, next rest of your life, him. I still get frog stuff. <laughs> yeah, I still like bees. To be honest, so my mum once got me an apron with like bees on it. It was incredibly feminine, but I still wear it because it's a kitchen apron, so it's like it's still handy. And it's still like bees. Um, so and you can you showed the big... them. You showed them. Yeah, man. I love this toxic masculinity. Right? Gonna... Oh, is, is, is this why you've been wearing bee onesie this entire recording for the, <laughs> for the entire? <laughs> so um, the reason why I went onto this is because Freddie said it's not going to be the main thing of it. It's just a, a little takeaway. But it was just about veganism for honey and bees because I definitely feel like insects are at like a maybe like a, a certain point with veganism because in the same sense of well one thing if you look into for live feeding is that insects don't have any rights whatsoever in the zoo world uh, neither do octopus with octopi which so is actually an issue because they're incredibly those. intelligent um so, but so if you've got a vertebrae right yeah so invertebrates don't have any rights but unfortunately cephalopods include are included in that when they shouldn't be realistically but that's a separate point but for honey you, from what you can remember can you explain Freddie, the point a second here like mm-hmm. so the idea is that vegans won't eat honey because it's I, not vegan no i don't know if it is vegan or not because it's usually it's, it's not like, well because you'd be like usually it's a case of you don't want any any animal product because it's either harming the animal or it's not natural or something like that whereas for bees they produce loads of honey anyway and you're still feeding them what they need to and they you're just farming them aren't you well the harvest i heard that one of the arguments is that yes we need bees but there are actually loads and loads of species of bee and the bee that we use to make honey aka the honey bee is is just also we're monoculturing stuff like i'm not saying Mm. i don't eat honey i'm just saying that that's an argument i heard is that you just monoculture this one insect and we need like a variety and they out compete the others I just love the idea that the first person ever to sort of see a honey, like a bee's nest or whatever natural one looks like, and was just like, God, these guys are hiding something delicious in there. I, I just. <laughs> and then he went through getting all stung and everything to be like, yep, this is great. I was like, oh, it was a wasp's um, nest. Ow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess the, the, the first thing is do you guys know of any types of bees? Different types? Worker, drone, queen, stripey, buzzy, <laughs> walkie. <laughs> Um, my old <laughs> professor has actually okay. This is this is no, just to show you how niche you can get about the bee thing. My uh, my tutor when I was doing my dissertation had a poster on the wall of types of bumblebee, 
I just thought there was Bumblebee. Bumblebee's Bumblebee. There's not. There's like at least in the UK nine or something. One of which is a fake Bumblebee. There's a fake Bumblebee too that doesn't look like a Bumblebee, but it looks like one but isn't. But yeah, so I know there's a bunch of bumblebees, so I don't even know how many. You can tell he's just a man in a onesie and he's just running around. <laughs> I'm a bumblebee. Yeah, can you tell I which of us uh, doesn't have a biology degree, by the way, based on our <laughs> knowledge of, of bees from just that? So I need to find out what it is. A wasp bees? What's going on? I swear that a um, it's a type of uh, bumblebee. Something. I'll look up the scientific name. Some scientific name of a bumblebee reminds me of Albus Dumbledore, whatever it may be. I'll try to find it out, though. Bombus Bombus. <laughs> Bombus Bumbledore. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Great names. I'm pretty sure it's Bombus Bombus, but again, I, I didn't Google it. I just said I think it is. Yeah. So um, other things are, yeah, as you were saying about monocultures, the bees' importance versus actual other insects, because there's such a focus to be like, bees are great pollinators, the best thing for it. The wasps are also pollinators. Everyone thinks they're useless and they're not. Um, they also eat pests. Um, so I guess a thing to look between the importance of bees compared to other insects, I mean, you put a high priority on them because they have sweet golden nectar um, that we can farm from them, but, you know, are they actually better pollinators than other insects? I think a whole movie's insects? made about them, mate, you know. What, precisely. Have you seen the wasp movie? No, didn't think so. <laughs> no, no one would care. Um, and then, I guess that would lead on to also honeybees specifically. You know, bees are great, and but are honeybees, you know, that higher level. Also, one thing of bees and wasps, they originate from ants, I think. Am I right in that, Freddie? I'm going to be annoyed if I'm not. It's either uh, no, okay, ants we're beyond knowledge. Wasps. I just, I don't know. But I would ma- it makes either- sense maybe because they've got like colonies, right? They all like it's wasps or ants were first, and I can't remember which one it was. Wait, ants came from what? <laughs> that's why it's one or the other. You see, the wasp came from ants, or ants came from wasps. I feel I like wasps would come from ants, right? Because they're a bit more, they're a bit more complicated. Or I don't know. If you like, what's, what's you so complicated ant, about like, ants? Well, they're just what's less. They're just like a body, two bits of well, like some few bits of body, right? And then a couple. They're of legs. all a few bits of body. <laughs> ants <laughs> have wings. Some have door heads. Um, door heads. <laughs> some have bullet yeah, heads. So some have it of where they live in like a big wooden wood, effectively, and they'll have little holes. But a big wooden house made of the wood. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to stop intruders, they're called trees. <laughs> and within a colony, which has effectively a door, which is shaped a head, which is shaped like a door for that hole. So then, if intruders with hinges come, just, and a handle, they effectively yeah, they just lock their head into it, and so. Their whole life is just being a door, which is quite funny. And then going into well, what we is my purpose? About bit... <laughs> You're a door. <laughs> you are a door. Um, and then we already chatted about veganism for honey, and just and then go less from bees, more into honey. Pros and cons. You know, there's some stuff like manuka honey. What's the topic here? Bees or bees and honey, and the whole thing. Well, it's bees first and foremost, and they also make honey. Okay, okay, okay. So the last thing would be you find some pros and cons with honey. You know, is it all good? Is it all I bad? heard it's super good for you. Um, like really, really good for you in yeah, terms of if you've got like, sore throat. Well. And, yeah, it's like antibacterial for like sore throats and that. It is. Um, have you guys heard the, the idea that if you have hay fever, that, like you should eat local honey because it has pollen in it from the local flowers, and so you'll build up a resistance. Don't know if it's true. I just heard it. Ooh, well, that's interesting. Like a vaccine for. For, uh, literally <laughs> kind of yeah sort of yeah um, so I'm guessing it's going to be really depressing when we find out about like bees all dying out or something right? yeah insects are having a really yeah. sad time apparently there's like 
40 from 40 years ago it's like a pretty outrageous decrease in you know and you can even tell just from driving around like um like anecdotally from you know driving around country roads before uh, it's totally on clarkson's farm which i've watched quite recently would recommend if you if you're a fan of jeremy clarkson even remotely um but yeah somewhere yeah like driving around on country roads you know 30 30 odd years ago 40 years ago it was just like a thick coating of your windscreen yes. of insects and now there's like barely any yeah because i've seen not just i feel well we can look up for the actual thing about that as well because i'm sure i've seen a few things saying like actually there is a severe decrease of general insect life for the fact of you don't see them on your car windshield as much <laughs> maybe they've just got smarter hey? maybe <laughs> just avoid maybe. cars now <laughs> <laughs> the bees right, got so smarter it... no no we just killed them all <laughs> yeah. so there we go so to i'll go over the main topics which types of bee bee importance versus other insects the honeybee specifically veganisms for honey and then honeys pros and cons yeah i feel like something i, I thought i knew more of, like i said drones and everything makes uh, rings rings a bell and there's obviously all the different types and obviously the queen and everything yeah. right but so i feel like it's really similar to ants males. do they have quite a similar thing with ants then and that like that kind of hierarchy uh, yeah probably similar to, in the sense so you'd get the queen is just the baby maker you have drones which are the males and they they're short-lived they effectively they, they they're just bred to produce everyone else is female workers um, same for ants as well. So I think they probably have a pretty similar thing, but something to look on. Ants versus can bees. I ask, can I ask a really stupid question? Go for it. No such thing as a stupid question, only stupid answer. Yeah. So I'm just, you made me think now <laughs> about that at all. And do the bees make the honey to eat the honey, or am I just being stupid? I totally don't right? know this. They, 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 must, do. they, must, they must eat it a bit, right? They must do something they with make it. the they honey do. to eat. It's not like ants that make something didn't they like make a fungus no, they leaf grow the fungus ants. on stuff yeah like they, they don't, don't eat the leaf, leaf. They, they masticate it, to, it yeah and they use to it eat. to grow stuff so i'm thinking yeah, like so, did the bees actually eat the honey they make or they make the money the honey for another purpose oh no I, it's so obvious freddie obviously they eat the honey no no they do eat the honey but so one thing they make like, it they, they, they make it to make clothes out of actually <laughs> So, do you know when you classically see when you smoke out a hive, and that's the the reason why you do that is because then bees think there's going to be a forest fire, so they go eat a load of honey. They get really fat and a bit sleepy. I could be wrong in this, so I'll double check no, this, anyway. This is right. Again, this is, and that makes wow, them Clarkson's more farm was a good timing. I watched that recently because he totally gets bees as well. Ah. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So apparently that's makes them more docile, so they do eat it, and then you do have different types. And I think it is usually when you do um, beekeeping, you'd have it away you supplement them especially over winter because part of the thing for honey is you, you're going to be over a winter because if you think they've got all these flowers everywhere suddenly over winter you've got none so that's what the honey's for but when you have keep bees usually you'll give them sugar water or something that actually supplements that because you're obviously taking the honey away that's interesting mm, i know a bit about bees already i like bees bees are good and they're just a really nice aesthetic you know anyway like so black and yellow black and yellow yeah, that. so how about watch the bee movie, listen to Black and Yellow, and um, it'll be good to go. Right? Yeah, and then you'll kind of be all caught up in bees, really. I watched a bit of Doctor <laughs> Who. Um, at some point, they have that as well mentioned. Um, watch all of Doctor Who. And <laughs> at one point, they mentioned bees. So, yeah. Um, yeah, on that honey shell, we'll uh, we'll Sky. see you in a week, and you'll see us in about five seconds. Bye. 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 Gordon, so 
Right, I'd like you to welcome us back to the show about bees. Uh, well, this week at least. Well, you might have said it again, but I think I just cut off the yeah, middle at the beginning of what you said. Alistair was talking over you. Yeah, sorry, I'm trying to get up. Just trying to get one Give a pause, it's worth it, just give a pause. Just always pause, always pause. I'd like. What was I saying? I'd like you I'd like... to welcome us back. <laughs> Shut up, I'd like you to welcome us back to the show about bees. Yeah, my favourite little animal. Um, I'll bring it, bring it all home with the definition. Uh, bees are insects with wings, closely related to wasps and ants, known for their role in pollination. And in the in the case of the best known bee species, the Western honeybee, for producing honey. Yeah. And um, what? Can I can I start us off with a joke? Yeah. Uh, my my mum was saying, "Hey, Freddie, it's your podcast tonight," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And she said, "What's it about?" And I said, "Bees." And she said, "Can I tell you a bee joke?" And I was like, oh, "Of course, mother. Of course, you can tell a bee joke." <laughs> and it was like, "So, um, John is buying some bees off Sally," and he says, oh, "Okay, can I have, can I have the bees, Sally?" And Sally goes, "Here you go." And John says, "Wait, I only asked for twelve. You've given me thirteen. And she says, "Yeah, that's a freebie." Hey, I, <laughs> I was like, it. Mum, I'm putting it in. Don't you worry. <laughs> I like the preamble that this was my mum's joke, not. <laughs> oh no! It just, I did not it read this on the back awesome. of a penguin. <laughs> it was written on the back of a penguin in really tiny letters. <laughs> uh, um, funny, funny thing about bees as well. Um, if you want to get a new hive, so you'd order a queen bee with a small swarm that can attached to it, you just send it in the post. And so I feel the postman will just get a few things that will be like a buzzing package. Uh, so what you do as well, so when they're swarming, you'd find the queen, or usually if you've got a hive, you just get the queen cells, you kill the rest of the queen cells, and then you just take that one. <laughs> and then bees will just naturally follow the new queen, so then you put it in a little uh, tube, now you've got the queen, and the, you'll naturally put it like by the side of the hive, you'll get a natural swarm that goes with it, you just put them in a box, cell tape it up, and then just send it to the post. And then you, that'll arrive to you like that. So then you do the same thing, open up the package, get a little tube, put it in what is the queen um, section of a hive so she can't escape, and then they'll just go nuts. That's great. That's how simple it is. Go nuts. That's um, how you get honey nut cornflakes. It is actually, actually is it. <laughs> um, what I'll do is, before we get on to anything, I'll just do little fact checks of what we went through. So the first thing was Dumbledore. I was like, Albus Dumbledore, is that is that anything about bees? Apparently it's the old English word for bumblebee. Dumbledore. No way. So that's that's where that comes from. Um, and apparently JK Rowling used it because she I think I read a little bit. It was something like she thought he'd be humming along while he did stuff because he liked music, so she liked the idea of calling him Dumbledore. Um there's no evidence. The most spell. powerful wizard of all time is a bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Plot twist. <laughs> Um, honey doesn't help. There's no evidence to support honey helps hay fever. Yeah, um, I found this. I was really sad about that. There are less insects. So since 1850, 23 bee and flower visiting wasps have gone extinct in the UK. There's 250 UK bee species. Um, and at the current rate, we're losing insects generally, which is about 2.5% um, mass of insects per year. In 100 years, we won't have any left, um, oh. which is just a crazy thought. And we'll go for Manuka honey, which is it's from Australia and New Zealand, and it comes from the Manuka tree. So the bees solely 
pollinate from the manuka tree nothing else and that's why it's like that and it's got extra antibacterial properties compared to normal honey which is already antibacterial and then the last thing was a honey market so it's a global honey market of 9.21 billion dollars in 2020 and then it's apparently the most the third most faked product after milk and olive oil up to 33 percent of world honey has been altered in some way and if you really want to get excited about stuff you can look up honeygate which is effectively honey laundering where china was able to um, manufacture corn syrup to look like honey and obviously make it way cheaper and we've been exploiting honeybees for about nine thousand years um Man, so, i've got Freddie. so much to talk about on all those points it's so exciting <laughs> I'll just, I'll just chuck in here and then we'll see how south there is. But um, this was kind of interesting, I thought, because um, in Australia, let me scroll down through my pages of notes that I've made here. Um, so just as a kind of, just an overarching point, that there are over 16,000 known species of bees, and this is around the world. If you go just straight to Australia, Australia has 1,700 species of bee. 1,700 species of bee. One of those like species that's not in Australia would be the honeybee that we all know. So imagine 1,700 species, none of them are the honeybee. These are the ones that are native to Australia, and none of them are true honeys, if that makes sense. They're not true honeybees. They ain't no true honeys. That's yeah. only... <laughs> they, they don't got the yummy mummy in the tummy. <laughs> yummy mummy in the tummy. And um, so... The ones in Australia are not known as true honeybees, but they do make honey, but they make it like, they, oh, the bees themselves have um, no sting, or most of them have no sting. And, oh, sad fact is collecting honey from Australian native bee nests causes many of the bees to drown <laughs> because of the way that it's done. Because oh. it's not in the same way, like they don't make um, hives like we imagine them. They, they have, um, the bees store their honey in small resinous pots, which look like a bunch of grapes. And in order to extract them, lots of the bees drown. Just really sad. Um, but the honey that they make is tangy in comparison with commercial honey com mm. taken from European honeybees. So I just thought, like, just wanted to chuck in there, like, Australia actually has completely different bees. And you might imagine that they're all stinging and killing you, but actually they're stingless, which makes Surprisingly. them yeah, something in Australia is less deadly than the rest of the world. There you go. Yeah. If you to bumblebees, they also well, some obviously bumblebees is like a term for there's a lot, but some type of bees and they'll they'll dig into the ground and if you do similar thing, they're like little grapes with little like passageways between them when you to look if you to like cast the hive so to speak. Mm. I got a quick point on the um, on singing actually if 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 that if it's interesting. So the yeah. bee sting thing, the classic thing about oh how. If a bee uses its sting, then it it uh it dies, right? Is actually only true if it loses the like the sort of the bit of its tail that is the, the stinging part. So if it stings a human, normally like the epidermis, if it pierces you know, the skin, then it will then the tail will come off and it does die. But if it's going to use it for like stinging another insect, for example, then it can sting the insect, but because its tail stays intact, it doesn't die. So it's like. One single use in a big, you know, for 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 human. But as you say, yeah, lots of bees don't have sting, including uh, the ones that are sort of lonely, uh, sort of you know, don't have hives and don't produce honey. Solitary They're just sort of, you know, yeah, solitary bees is what they are. Did you it's look at the thing about how? So yes, bees can sting things to death, but also bees can do this thing where there's an intruder in the nest. So all the bees jump on. I don't know if we spoke about this in the first half. Yeah, they vibrate. They will heat it and kill it by yeah. They detach the wing it. muscles from the wings and then they vibrate them like they're flying without using the wings, and that's how they generate loads of heat. 
So it's because they're vibrating the mus the the wing muscles without moving their wings, so they just start cooking. And I think it's like gets to like a, over a hundred degrees yeah. looking at or something mad that's like that. Crazy. Jesus, and that's stuff. how you cook honey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just get the bees things in a Judah. Uh, so, um, Alsa, you said a little bit about lonely bees as well. Yes, yeah, so this is what I'm saying. Sorry, with the solitary bees. So basically, they are non-aggressive. That's like the big difference um, between well, a big difference between them and the regular ones because they don't have. Because obviously regular ones, the reason they do get aggressive is because they've got something to protect, right? They've got their hive to protect. Whereas solitary ones don't have a hive, so they don't have the honey and everything, so they're just not they're as aggressive, which means they are quite quite safe to sort of have around. And they're obviously much better for pollinating, or they're very good for pollinating gardens and things, because they're not going to be, you know, they're going to be uh, far far less likely to, to sting you. Um, well, they're not going to sting you. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of, the, I don't know, Freddie, do you have more another thing on solitary bees? I think it's kind of... You, you always think of them as sort of as a as like a sort of you know mm. so, the, the lone wolf of the bee world. <laughs> a fun fact for uh, honeybees, at least for um, um, I got a little bit to beekeeping. I do have a hive which I need to do something with. You got a bit of a bee in your bonnet about this, Johnny? Sorry, I do have a bit of a bee in my bonnet, but um, so they have about a radius of about three miles uh, bees from their hive. So if you have to move a hive, you need to make sure that you move it at least three miles away. Otherwise, they'll go to the wrong spot because they're able to recognize the location by landmarks so oh, I did, same yeah. with I queen with queen new queen bees they'll fly up they'll look around have a look where everything is where the hive is and then like make a little mental map and that's where they know how to travel to places um, did you really make yeah, yeah. so i can't remember if you, if you sent us this because if, if so then obviously you know about it. but it was the thing about the experiment to figure out whether bees understand time or if they have a concept of time do you see about this so it's basically it was like tell us. so basically bees um, excuse me. So bees basically they hurt. This is it's obviously it's it's apparent that when you study them, they understand time because they always come back to the hive at a certain time. Yeah, but then people are like, oh, well, that could be could be anything. It could be based on light. It could be based on this that you know the the, the movement of the earth or you know who knows. And so they do all these experiments to basically try and figure out if bees can perceive time. And so they would like. Um, did it underground and yet they still came back at the right time and they did it you know in you know I think someone finally went to space and did all sorts of things to try and figure out whether these bees perceive time and the way that they actually determined that definitely yes they definitely perceive time is that they put them in an aeroplane and then made them get jet lag <laughs> and they were affected by jet lag <laughs> proving that they kind of therefore do <laughs> perceive time in the, in the same way that humans do I think was the, the point but, yeah. I'd love like the research like you're having to like so what do you want for your funding for research? Well, we need a couple of... Well, we need an empty plane, please. <laughs> or, like, we need a couple of, like, tickets. We need a couple of tickets for a plane with, you know... <laughs> with people who are not like. not bothered by uh, having a swarm of bees on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll double check that one because it's, yeah, it's a whole story thing, but it's, um, it's pretty funny. So one thing we wanted to know about was ants versus bees and kind of what came first of yeah. the evolution so i think both of you have a bit so freddie i'll go to you what what do you have a bit about the evolution okay i'll bees? give an overarching point and then i'm sure alistair can finish it off so it was actually a bit of a contentious issue it turned out for quite a number of years and i'm not actually sure if the research i found was the latest so hopefully alistair you can tell me if i've got it wrong but from the sounds of it wasps were the first everything was wasps and then bees and ants evolved from a certain type of wasp. There are several family of wasps that are more related to ants and or bees than there are to other types of wasps, though. That's the thing. So wasps are like a huge family, and then a bunch of those branched off and became some wasps, some ants, and some bees. Um, 
there's a tree that I found that showed that like some parasitic wasps went off and did their own thing, uh, but then bees, wasps, and other yellow jackets. I guess that's a hornet in American. So wasp, right? and what we call wait, yeah, is it? I don't know, but they they formed off Vespoidea, whereas a bunch of other wasps went off. But there's so there are actually so many more wasps than I realised, um, and that the study that that I was reading suggests that when early bees switched to preying on switched from preying on other insects to pollen feeding um, that was a kind of around the time when mammals actually off shot from other animals that existed at the time that's when ants kind of came about and you had these strange ridiculously organized um, hives producing insects that worked as a co- total colony and so you had ants mm. and bees and then wasps were just doing their own thing killing whatever the hell they wanted so which kind of sticks with wasps are assholes but <laughs> isn't it so like yeah. wait we don't need to eat keep eating living things we can just eat Be flowers vegetarian. instead yeah. yeah they went vegetarian yeah, yeah got a bit chubby got a bit cuter and they had movies made about them this is you know yeah so, so the natural progression can you, can you so yes yeah, so i can expand on that a little bit um yeah the main thing yeah i got from well, uh, the big thing was that the wasps they, they evolved from wasps that was kind of like a, oh well, i did not know that um when you Google ants versus bees, there's quite a lot to get through of ants fighting bees <laughs> before you get to the differences between the two. Who wins? Exactly, it was a lot of that. It was um, this whole whole Reddit uh, chain about, about yeah, ants ants versus bees. But yeah, um, a big difference, which is um, fundamental and true in all cases apparently, is that ants can and do construct main nests with satellite nests, whereas bees construct only a main nest a main nest with no satellite nest. So they don't have any. So like you know, like an ants. Like um, you might have seen this. This guy he did this. He poured liquid metal into an ant's nest, and then obviously yeah. took it out, and it looked amazing. Probably was not very good I mean, for the ants. You can hear their tiny screams. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, obviously like the whole satellite. So they made like a whole sort of you know um, city almost of you know different like tunnels and all sorts. Whereas the bees are just like, nah, this is the nest. Here it is. And, uh, so yeah, I think that's the nest construction is one, is the big is a, bit, a big difference. And bees are stripy, and ants are not so stripy. But in the end, um, ants are the most successful. Right? Ants are the if you if you went with even with honeybees being domesticated, if you take like all these insects around the world, like there's like some old joke that aliens might come down and start talking to ants first because they're like, well, you guys own the planet, right? <laughs> the most successful, aren't they? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, and it's just great the amount of like, oh, the different niches ants have filled. You know, you get. You can get farming ants, so obviously if they're not leaf cutter ants, so they deliberately they'll they'll get um, leaves, then they mash it up, then they grow crops of mushrooms to actually eat. Other ones they they'll farm like aphids and stuff like that where they rear them, and then they'll have the honeydew that they eat. So they start eating the effectively the feces of aphids, oh, and then you get yeah. other ones which are slaver ants. They can't feed themselves, so their only purpose is to find another colony of ants which is lesser, enslave them by getting their queen to go in kill the other queen smother all the pheromones on her so then this host colony thinks the new slaver ant queen is their queen when she's not and then they end up feeding these slave ants because the slave ants can't feed themselves and it is absolutely mad how on earth yet, do they so that's like <laughs> I, how does that work right, that complete like parasitic i feel like how did we not cover this on our aliens episode when we talk about the whole like you know the great filters <laughs> obviously the biggest filter is that there are aliens they're just chatting to all the ants rather than chatting to us <laughs> Can I, can I just chuck in there? You've reminded me that um, when I was researching honey, because I thought it was really interesting, there are some bees that don't take nectar but take honeydew, as in the sweet secretion of the aphids, and um, they then make honey from 
the secretions of the aphids. Did you know mm-hmm. this? And no. um, this this type of honey is very dark brown with a rich fragrance of stewed fruit or fig jam, and is but is not a sweet. And in Germany's Black Forest, which I wish I had known about when I was there, there's a well-known source of honeydew-based honeys, and apparently some people really like it. Uh, but it's not as easy to sell worldwide because it's even though it's sold as honey, it has a completely different flavour, and people are like, "What the hell is this?" Mm. Ew. Well, in in China, they well, I don't know if it's China. Part of the honey laundering is they they were able to make this like a syrup, which either tasted like honey, or what they did instead was they instead of getting bees to actually go out and actively pollinate and eat nectar, they just fed them this like artificial nectar. So then you're able to make honey easier because you didn't need to have loads of flowers nearby because you're just feeding the the bees like fake stuff. It's like fake pollen. Um, so again, you can produce honey cheaper. So much stuff goes into it. Well, yeah, there's a final one. Um, so you like China facts. There's a thing about so pollinating, right? And how I think we mentioned before on the podcast as well. This whole thing about China having their their going for their zero percent unemployment thing, right? So they have like the most creative jobs that you know, like people polishing leaves at the side of the front of a hotel, or you know, like standing in subways and just taking your ticket and putting it into the machine for you, and then taking out the other side. Um, they actually have people who go around um, with. Basically, so say the pollination is undertaken by hand using paintbrushes in China because they're already having problems with the uh, bees sort of dying out and not doing it enough. But there's literally people going around with paintbrushes <laughs> and pollinating flowers in the way that bees would. Wow. Probably, probably not quite as a uh, not quite as you mm. know summery so, and nice as bees, but yeah. Yeah. So we chat about but the current use of honey. So Freddie, you've got something about uh, the current use of honeybees is bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't make me hate bees. I I think this no, is one of those times where I'm going to vehemently still like bees. <laughs> no, gonna... I know it's not. It's not the bees' fault. That's the problem. It's the same with people's like. Fault. It's people's fault. It's like you can't hate cows if they go and eat a bunch a whole ecosystem just because you flatten the place and put the cows there. But that's basically what we do with bees. <laughs> so basically, I was reading a a post by Alison McAfee. Uh, who wrote in 2020 for the Scientific American. She is a honeybee researcher. And she was saying, basically, long story short, she actually tried to keep bees in a certain area and did some experiments, as well as some other research that she has been looking into. Honeybees destabilise natural ecosystems by competing with native bees is the first big problem, um, because honeybees that we have are extreme generalistic foragers. That's why they work so well for us, um, because they will basically just take nectar from absolutely anywhere. It doesn't matter. So... Um, they completely outcompete some bees that are native to the area. There is over a billion bees, uh, honeybees, in North America, as in the US and Canada, alone. That's like how I don't know what's three bees per person. I don't even know. I don't know what the time is. But um, yeah, they have they have a complete monopoly on all the plants there. And the issue is not only do they outcompete everything else, but that. There's also invasive species there, like weeds and stuff that are already invasive, and the honeybees just help them along. It's like, <laughs> oh, cool, you need to be pollinated, no worries, bud. It's like, oh, no, no, don't do those ones. Oh, crap. Oh, okay. Now we've got Japanese knotweed everywhere. <laughs> like, the, the honeybees <laughs> don't take they don't have any qualms with basically pollinating absolutely everything. So that's a bit of an issue. Although, a bit of a positive note is that that's not the case everywhere. Um, some areas, the honeybees are outcompeted by the natives because the natives were more prepared, they're more evolved for this area. For example, in Sussex, England, there is native bumblebee that is a superior competitor um, to lavender, 
um, than the honeybees because they have a longer tongue. So there are some cases where it's like it doesn't matter so much, but overall, an extortionate use of honeybees has really not helped local areas with their plants and um, local insects, which is a bit sad. They did an experiment in um, Tenerife on the islands there to see what happens because in Tenerife, people go there with honeybees, release them in the spring and summer, gather as much honey as they can, then take the bees away for the winter and use them in other parts of the world. Weird. Like, so literally the whole island is like, oh my God, influx of insects and oh my God, they've all gone again. And it's like, this has disastrous effects for the local ecosystems. not to mention just like, like humans ruining local ecosystems. I, <laughs> I can't know. can't believe that, mate. For a in second. America, they have it for the apple orchards and stuff like that. You've got these huge mega farms, and obviously you don't yeah. have a natural thing. And they will they'll cart bees around the U.S. So that part of someone's whole job will be, oh, we just have bees on the back of the truck, and we'll then like shut them up, and then we go down to different like farms to then pollinate. The problem is, I don't know, one cause for like insecticides are a big thing and usually be like oh they're still in spraying insecticide on the trees when the bees are pollinating it and like you know you're getting loads of issues and also having bees everywhere which you then move across the country is you spread disease as well so it's another reason why you're killing them out they just don't need to be transported you just have bees somewhere <laughs> the, the lady who did this experiment said that she tried to keep a few beehives for experiments and she said she's never realised how difficult it was to keep them alive <laughs> She's like, they're both destructive in the sense that they're disrupting the local ecosystems, but also they would all just get ill constantly. She even had to like completely annihilate. She used euthanize um, one of the hives because it got some fungus thing. And she says it's just mm. so difficult to keep them all going. Um, said here, even with the boost of forage, there's sometimes not enough to go around for the honeybees, let alone the riddling of disease. <laughs> this is like, oh. So... Basically, we don't know what we're doing when we shove stuff into local ecosystems and mm. we don't care enough to actually check it out, which is why it's a big issue. Wow. Well put. Um, also, we've got some... Uh, Alistair, you've got a point about bees used in medicine. So you said a bit about manuka being antibacterial. Mm. So do you have more to um, elaborate on that? Um, mainly, yes, there was the thing of honey being very useful in terms of... Um, just yeah, antibacterial and like yeah for sore throats and things like that. You put in drinks and it's maybe a bit placebo with that. And um, give me a second. Because I saw that like it says you could put it on wounds and burns, right? Yeah, like wounds. wounds. So um, Abby is a nurse at GPs, and one of the dressings you can do is honey dressing. Obviously, the one thing for like what nurses do at a GP is there are hundreds of different types of dressings and bandages, all with the different uses for how to heal you effectively. And what honey does is got I think a low pH and a bit, good amount of nitrogen. Either way, it really just stops bacteria from being able to grow for different reasons. And again, it can really help wounds and has been significantly proven to actually increase the speed of um, wound healing. Yeah, I saw one that said um, it's really good, strangely. like I mean, considering the same place I was reading about was like, no, it's not going to fix your cancer and no, it's not going to fix your allergies. I was like, okay, fair enough. And said, but, but if a kid swallowed a battery... <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a good way of they eat the honey first to protect the throat and then when you try and get the battery out it reduces the burns on the inside of the throat and yeah like, burn burn healing was, was the thing yeah one thing i found if you've got a burn wound treatment uh, bee pollen and and even oh yeah the wax can even be used to yeah, oh. treat treat burns like i said it doesn't, doesn't sound like a foolproof thing that I've, you know 
you feel like well, most if you if they really work that way you've probably heard of them before but <laughs> like, oh yes this probably works yeah. but you know did you hear the um, bad thing though that's like um it's possible for babies to get botulism we have bees, uh, babies babies shouldn't eat honey yeah there's a thing yeah. under one don't give them yeah under honey. one right yeah i feel the three of us you know that hopefully johnny <laughs> oh yeah no it's, it's one of the few things you can't feed babies do you know how many cases there have been in the UK since 1971? No. Of what, sorry, of babies eating honey or... Of this babies bot- eating honey and getting botulism. What is botulism? A fungal disease, I think. Through your skin. Well, do you know what the thing is? Like, I know what botulism is. What's botulism? Haha, <laughs> touche. <laughs> I think it's botulism a Botulism is a very rare but life-threatening condition caused by toxins produced by Clostridium botulinum bacteria. Um, that didn't tell me NHS. No, nope. but go on, Fred, What's the what's your how many cases then since the nineteen fifties? Nineteen seventies. Um, in the UK, six. <laughs> wow. But but in America, like a lot, um, something like a, a percentage, I think. But um, no, the UK it's just not an issue. But in America, it is. Because we managed to pass the word around. Don't give honey to my, to less than so one. Um, I'm you sorry that feel... I thought botulism was that. So you can feel sick, Bad you can parents. be sick, stomach cramps, diarrhea or constipation. Without treatment, botulism eventually causes paralysis that spreads down the body from the head to the legs. It's a bit terrifying. That sounds not very good at all. Um, they have a weak cry. Fun. Yeah. So it's it's just not very good all round. Um, also, Freddie, you've got a point about um, bees' food? Honeybees' food? Yeah, this is my last thing that I researched, really. Just, well, a bit about food. Uh, the first part is that bees are considered edible insects. Don't know if you ever thought of that, but there's a lot of species of bee. So, um, people in some countries eat insects, including the larvae and pupae of bees, mostly the stingless species. Um, apparently, it's very good for you. Um, bee larvae are eaten as a companion to rice in Indonesia, and apparently, it sounds really delicious. Like good proteins and other minerals, and it's in a in a way that's like kind of like getting off big cattle as as meat source it's really good for protein and so yeah. what's annoying is people think oh insects are really good for protein they could actually be a good food source for us and we we can actually start like getting rid of like high meat content diets and in, in place for insects and people think oh very western kind of idea i don't eat insects that's gross but what we'd have it is is like powder so it'd be like oh maybe you'd add it to foods you'd have it as again an additive you're not just going to eat locusts they're going to be crushed up and you're gonna have it. You could put it into the foods like you know mixes or whatever. Not to think you've got to eat a big spider or anything. Yeah, like like people, people who would be currently be squeamish about that. I feel like you know, if it gets to a point where like you know, meat is so ludicrously expensive, and then there's this like insects. Even if like I said, they obviously will be in a powder form, and they'll be more more palatable for the for the Western palate. But mm. um, yeah, I, th- I feel like yeah, it's just gonna be the economies of it are gonna be. It's gonna be so worth it that people are just gonna be like, yeah. yeah. It's literally it's... the difference between someone putting a fish, whole fish, with eyes on your plate, yeah, or right. giving you fish fingers. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, exactly. So. <laughs> it's like, oh, sweet fish fingers, love that. It's like, but if you have, have a the whole fish, fish don't even have fingers. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, it, that's a yeah, great example. Yeah. People, yeah, people will be grossed out by that, but yeah, yeah. And um, also, asked at Mason worker bees. Mason, yeah, yeah, so that was basically on the, on the, on the for the for the solitary bee stuff. There, uh, an example of um. These bees, yeah, live by themselves, and you know, they're quite cute ones. Sort of little, little red critters. <laughs> oh, it was basically yeah, it just came up with the whole thing about um, the solitary stuff. So, um, what I'll do is I'll have a little bit more about the honeybee 
which also be about other things. So if you get three ta- three classes of of honeybee, there's the workers, the drones, and the queens. Workers are male, and they just for reproduction, nothing else. So they die out as soon as they've done the job. The did I say drones or workers? Gonna workers say not drones. much work, is it? <laughs> yeah, drones. So the drones are the males. All they do is they just um, they mate, then die. They die out in the winter, so they have nowhere to go. They've got no hive. They don't live anywhere. Um, the worker bees, they do everything. They are the, 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 they do the main job, and the queen, all they do is reproduce. Um, and fun weird thing. So if bad weather delays the mating flight of a queen for more than twenty days, she loses the ability to mate and will only be able to lay unfertilized eggs, which results in drones. And I think that's mad. So as well for when a queen is is laying eggs she chooses whether or not to fertilize them with the sperm that she's gathered when they do the the main flight they'll they'll have like they mate with like 15 to 20 different drones and so then they choose what to fertilize or not if they don't fertilize an egg it comes out a drone and if they do fertilize it it comes out as a worker and i think that's, that's just mad, mad. and kind of blows my thought about like how an unfertilized egg from a female can be a male um, I wasn't really able to figure that out. I'm just so confused because part of you thinks as insects as like weird little robots that don't know what they're doing, and then mm. the other part's like, do they even do they have a choice? Like, how, I don't know. Let's, Let's get deep, guys. Let's get deep. Get whole, whole the aliens are talking to them, man. They're, they're telling them what to do. <laughs> um, right, but I, I think I think we'll. Um, has anyone got any more pressing points? If not, we'll wrap up. I've got one there. one quick question. So I'm sure you guys could guess that the largest producer of honey is America, America. or China. Probably. Yeah, it's China. America is mm. one, two, three, four, five, sixth on the list. But no, no, is is you know it's kind of it's like okay, fair, China or America, that kind of thing. They do overproduction. Can anyone give me a guess of the second? I thought about India or something like that. Maybe if you're nice idea. Is it the UK? Please be the UK. <laughs> no, that would be funny. It's Turkey. Don't know why, ah, but no I was way. like, so Turkey's just a lot of bees, a lot of honey. Uh, yeah, considering like, also it's the same with anything. It's the same with like be interesting for the UK is because just landmass compared to China. <laughs> yeah, China can pretty much smash anything if it wants to. Yeah, That's yeah. all my facts done. It's pretty solid so to go by. We'll wrap it up with an incredible time of any episode, which is hosted by yours truly. It's the fact of the show. Um, so. This one is you could slightly relate it. What do you think is vertigo? The fear of heights, right? But I'm I guessing it's fear heights. I'm guessing else. it's like something to do with your senses in your ear. Yeah, so it isn't anything to do with heights. I always thought vertigo is to do that, but it's the sensation that you um, that you have that you or the environment is moving or spinning. So sometimes when you're at high heights, you can get vertigo because you feel like you're spinning or the environment is spinning, but it's not. So heights can induce vertigo, but it isn't caused exclusively by the fear of heights. It's just so you could say you get vertigo if someone's really drunk, for instance. Oh, so it's all just being dizziness, kind of like, is yeah. vertigo. Isn't that funny? Yeah, right. Fair play. Yeah, yeah. Nice little fact. There you go. So that's been yours truly, myself, Jonathan, it's been Alice and it's been Freddie. That's the show. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye. Thirty-three episodes.
Thank you for listening to No Idea Yet. If you like the show, you can always follow us on Instagram. It's No Idea Yet Podcast. And if you have any comments, information you thought we missed, or recommendations for the future, drop us an email on noideayetpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned every Saturday when we drop a new episodes. And thank you for listening. Thank you.